0: The weather added to the sense that the three of them were removed from the real world. Since the day of the shipwreck, wild November storms had battered the Welsh coast unmercifully, the days dark and gloomy with unremitting rain and sleet. The wind howled like a banshee, shaking the little leaded panes of glass in the windows of the inn until the women felt sure they would shatter. But inside their room, all was snug and warm. The fire sent flickering shadows over the beamed ceiling and illuminated their faces as they tended to the baby, each of the women wishing these days could last forever. But all too soon, the time came when they had to depart, Harriet bound for the northeast of England with Theobald, and Ruth back to America. The weather had turned colder in the last day or two, and on the day of departure they awoke to a hard frost, the window so thick with ice they could not see out. Before they had finished breakfast, the odd desultory snowflake was wafting in the air, but neither Ruth nor Harriet was concerned with the weather. Both women had slept fitfully, and in the middle of the night Harriet had heard Ruth trying to stifle the sobs that were shaking her body, and she had got up and gone to her. After that, there had been no sleep for either of them, and it had been a relief that Esther, being so small, demanded feeding every two hours. Now they were dressed for the journey, and Harriet was giving Esther her last feed before the carriage was due to arrive. Miss Casey had been staying at a bed and breakfast just outside the town where Theobald had resided, and was due to arrive later in the morning. Ruth watched Harriet, with her own breasts aching, although they had been tightly bound to dry up the milk for the last days and had stopped leaking moisture now, but the ache was in her heart. Once she had finished feeding the baby and without asking Ruth, Harriet placed the infant in the other woman's arms. They had both been dreading this day, and Harriet felt wretched at Ruth's distress. Tears trickling down her face... Ruth touched with her lips, the baby's eyes, her mouth, her cheeks, her little hands, kissing each tiny finger and then stroking her silky black hair. "'I love you,' she whispered softly to her. "'I'll always love you, always, although I can't be with you. Forgive me for letting you go, but it's the only way.' A sob caught in her throat and she looked up at Harriet, who was crying too. "'How am I going to bear it?' she whispered brokenly. "'Oh, Harriet, what am I going to do?' Harriet sat down beside her then and took Ruth into her arms, the two of them swaying in an agony of shared grief above the sleeping baby in her mother's embrace. Harriet didn't try to speak, for there were no words to say after all. Nothing could make this easier for Ruth. Will... will you let her second name be Joy? Ruth murmured after a while. That's what I want to give her in placing her in your care. Joy. Of course, Harriet hugged her. And I'll make sure she knows nothing but love and happiness, Ruth. I promise i know ruth rested her head on harriet's shoulder for a moment and then as they heard footsteps on the stairs outside the room she stiffened the innkeeper's wife poked her head round the door after knocking your husband's here dear she said to harriet tell him i'm coming in a minute right you are alone again they stood up Ruth smothering the sleeping baby in kisses and beginning to sob uncontrollably. I can't leave you like this, Harriet said through her own tears. You can, you must. Ruth wrapped the baby's blanket more securely around her tiny shape and then thrust the little cocoon at Harriet. Take her now while I can still do this, please, Harriet. Help me do what's right for her. They embraced one last time, and then Harriet walked to the door with the baby cradled in her arms...